0: Hi. Hello.
1: Hello. How you doing? So good. Welcome back to the Wine About Birth Podcast. We are three birth professionals and best friends, and we're here to talk about what it's really like to live in the world of birth. It's not all glitter and rainbows,
2: or as we like to say, it's a lot more shit than giggles. I'm Kim Haynes, midwife at a busy birth center and small home birth practice.
0: I'm Meredith Rout, also midwife at the same small home birth practice. And I'm Jess McKee. I'm a doula for
1: clients in and out of the hospital, mostly out of due to COVID, and also a birth assistant with you guys at our small out of hospital practice. Yeah,
0: there's a lot going on today. We've got two extra children who might not know the culture of our podcast as much, so probably have interruptions. And cicadas. And also yeah. Evie,
2: who does know the rules of the podcast and is not honoring but is them still at all. Right here, it might
0: cost her a trip to Trout Pond. <laughs> Uh-oh. The
1: cicadas feel like the movie The Birds. They're literally flying everywhere. They I are, love it. I, I have not I like it until they get stuck
0: in my hair and then they get mad at me about it. I'm like, <laughs> that's not fair.
1: I don't mind it at all, actually. They don't ever bother me. Every once in a while, if I don't notice they've landed on me and I go to, like, feel something on my head and I smush a cicada in my hair, then it bothers me. But other Watch than them. that...
0: Watch them be like ultra moisturizing, and it comes out like they're like one of the key ingredients to the best conditioners out there. My
1: scalp could use some moisturizing. I keep
2: (laughs) your whole body could use some moisturizing. Thank goodness, I lotioned up yesterday after my weekly shower. Okay. I like the cicadas because I'm obsessed with both New Orleans, New Orleans. New Orleans. I want so badly, like everyone else, to see the French, like the old French quarters. And every time I was supposed to go down there, my plans got canceled. Yeah. Probably because I was going to be murdered. We've asked you to
0: go with us multiple times and you keep refusing. I I have also
2: never been to New Orleans. I've
0: never been either. But
2: if you close your eyes, you can pretend you're on the bayou minus all the mosquitoes and humidity. So that's what I've been doing. I don't know. Our
0: humidity is pretty solid up in Virginia. Yeah. I think it's worse there, though, in the swamp. It is. Yeah. Probably.
1: It just makes me want to eat a rattlesnake. Ew, <laughs>
0: no. They now cost like my, $80.
1: So one of my friends the other day, she got home and there was a ginormous rattle, rattlesnake on her front porch. Ew, what friend was this? Um, I don't know. Does it matter?
0: <laughs> I'm curious. Is it, in Virginia? Is it nearby?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And, um... So, was it in downtown Winchester? No. Okay. So her boyfriend
1: killed it. Actually, two of my <laughs> friends found really big rattlesnakes last week. In I need you house. to stop talking about that. So, but my friend's boyfriend killed it, and then she was like, "Every time I kill something, I've been taught that I'm supposed to eat it." And so it's she supposed to be really good. Yeah. So she actually like slaughtered and skinned the whole thing and sent me pictures of it, which looks like a giant weird penis and or
0: the tongues of a tremor from the 1990s <laughs> movie Tremors. That would be a fun like party food, right? Like a Halloween party, yes. like tremor tongue. <laughs> tremor tongue. And
1: so then I made the joke while she was talking about it. I was like, so what part of the snake did you eat? And then I was like, snakes don't generally have pots, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Whatever. <laughs> what? I but don't if know I that had reference. to pick a pot, I'd say you are eating the knee.
0: What, <laughs> what is that from? Is that? Waterboy. Oh, that's right. <laughs> How dare we not remember Water Boy.
1: Waterboy's one of my favorites. It's <laughs> a good no. one. So today so we've hinted around about a lot the fact that we've been going through a lot of life transitions in the past couple months. It's been a really weird, chaotic year. And so today we wanted to talk about life
2: transitions. And
0: how we are birth workers despite all the things that happen in our lives and we have to just work around them.
2: And it's so hard to go through regular life transitions as a birth worker because everyone that you're serving is also going through a life transition. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can pause... That
0: and our (laughs) job is to hold space, right? So, like, you can't necessarily sometimes it's okay to bring your shit into your clients' lives, but most of the time, you just got to put that shit aside because you're only there to hold space for other people. And ultimately,
1: sometimes you have to choose your own life transitions over the life transition of your client and hope that you left a big enough plan in place that they feel supported in their life transition as well,
0: yeah, or that you have people who aren't going to hold that against you. If I asked you to hold it against me, would you? Baby, I just did. You jiggled my ass for like an hour. I did. It was like a stress ball.
1: And I I've been have really no I, part in that. Whatsoever. I've been really stressed, so I really needed
0: it. Anytime. I got you. <laughs> I don't even notice anymore.
1: I don't know. You kinda wiggled it back and forth for me a little bit. I know. So it's because I, I love you. That's how you know I really love so you. So I had to catch the rhythm. Were you like a power bottom? <laughs> she is a power bottom. She's my a power. She's a power bottom with a power muff.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just powerful, y'all. Down power, power below the waist. That's my motto. It's just
2: exploding out. It's my jam. And all. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Let what? Let's talk about some transitions that we have gone through. Um... Oh, and I also wanted to say
1: how you can like compare. <laughs> Sorry. No. Cicada.
0: We can block that. Nope. Also, why would
1: you scream like that?
0: (laughs) I've literally never responded like that to a cicada before. So I also wanted to say how you could also
1: compare the life transitions we go through to actual birth transition, which is really hard, but usually leads to bigger and better things. And like, I think uh, we've all recognized that
0: we're like in transition to like, very much larger things,
1: something new and larger. Some, definitely larger. <laughs> definitely
0: larger in some ways. <laughs> Smaller in <laughs> others. Sorry, I am gonna a, cut that a, out. There's a lot of sh- <laughs> there's a lot of shit going on, but we recognize it's leading to better things. Hopefully.
1: Yeah, so, so Kim, like what you were saying, what are some of the ways that we've been going through transitions? So I think that first, because it happened first, we could. I think we should talk about uh, you, Meredith, your last year. Which ones? So <laughs> you one. had so many huge transitions mm-hmm. um, that you were dealing with last year. And they got... You-
2: They got minimized, not just because you were a birth worker, but then because of COVID. Yeah. So like all these exciting things and and your grandma, not that it's exciting, but it's a huge transition. Yeah. Um, I mean, was all minimized.
0: (laughs) She almost did. Wait, hold on. Drinking game for this episode. Every time one of us reacts to a cicada, you have to take a They're shot. They're literally
2: attacking us on the board.
0: I don't know why we thought this was a good idea.
1: I also want to say that me and Meredith are 100% off call right now. So we are definitely drinking because we can. Sorry, not, not sorry. So I'm not, not sorry at
0: all. We've been having so much fun already. We have so much time left. It's going to be I awesome. Know. I'm so excited.
1: We're going to go camping. We're going to go to music festivals. Mm-hmm. I may take another trip somewhere. went on the river somewhere. yesterday. Oh, my God. Gosh, that kayak trip was like was magical. on Earth and it was helping me through one of my transitions. So but let's let's okay. go back. All right. Let's talk about so like right. COVID so, was happening, your grandma was in hospice. We've hinted around this some um, and talked about the end yeah. results. But
0: um the end result
2: being that she
0: died. Yeah, she did. That's the point yeah. of hospice. Yeah. So Port yeah. Alert. We so when Titanic, was it in July? The so we, okay, so here, let's start here. So we decided that we were going to announce that Linden Tree was a threesome, threesome back in right literally the day that we got locked down for COVID. And so what was that in March? Yeah. Okay. So then we had to deal with that. And then we were like ready to grow Linden Tree and be bigger as a business. And we had all these plans and then COVID got in the way. And then July, I found out my grandmother was, in the hospital, and so I went to go be with her, and then we found out she had a week to live, and so that was Supposedly. insane. Yeah so I mean, she's a stubborn, that stubborn badass. That was the week
2: of anyone's yeah. life ever. Yeah. And so,
0: me. actually, when you were talking about having to make a decision, immediately I thought of our client that you guys had to go to the birth for, because that was the week, it happened to be, I was in, I was at the hospital with her, making decisions about how to get her home for hospice when our client called in labor and I thought she was going to have her baby without you guys. Cause you guys were at the Hootenanny. Yep. So that was like an example. Like we all had this, like I sacrificed being at her birth to be with my grandmother. And then you guys sacrificed being at the Annie cause you went to go be with this client. Yeah. yeah. And the birth
1: ended up being fantastic and very quick, so we missed the evening of the hoot nanny, but we got back for the nighttime of
2: the hoot nanny. I'm pretty no sure way, when, we didn't get home until after midnight. I yeah, know. but there are still people up. I went straight to bed. was you did go straight to bed.
0: She did, but not everybody was asleep. So yeah, Emily
2: was drunk in my hot tub.
0: Yeah, she was tequila. Emily was on the scene.
1: <laughs> for anyone out there who doesn't know, Emily is the um. She works at the front desk of the birth center where Kim works. She just had a baby. She just had
0: a baby. She's she was not pregnant at this point in time. Life transition. No. So tequila, tequila Emily was not pregnant. At she had
2: conceived at that party, though. <laughs> oh, that's very possible, actually. Oh,
0: that's cute. That's a cute story. They, oh, yeah. they it, should have called their baby Hoot Nanny. It's a fun yeah, transition. <laughs> call him Hootie for in sure. In my
2: yard, the magic happened. Someone's <laughs> baby, I'd be ashamed, though,
0: because it was a girl. i have to call her Hootie. Ugh.
1: Someone's baby came out. And someone else's baby came Went in. in. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> and this episode and I is about transition.
1: Also, say you just said "hootie," and it made me think of "hootie" and the blowfish.
0: Yeah, hold Which my hand. And
1: I the think that up we on could make something fun called "hootie" and the blowfish <laughs> on our on our website.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So go so, on. continue yeah. by your grandma. So then we thought, so, okay, so grandma has a week to live, and so Terrence and I had planned on getting married in October, but COVID had already, like, thrown a wrench on that potentially, so we are like, oh, we can't get married without her being there, and so we got home on Thursday to hospice, and my family threw together a wedding by Sunday, and... That will forever be the bane of my friendship with Kim and Jess. Yes, it will because yeah, I felt some anger
2: grow in my heart when you said that Alice went, but we didn't. But then, was our officiant. I'm sorry. I, I could have officiated. I think technically I online. needed you guys to be
0: on call for me, which I know. is what we sacrifice all the time. So is I this, know. So, so this, this doesn't is matter. what it's about. Like, it doesn't matter what you're, is going on in your life. Like, if you're on call, you... Like, so anyways, my grandmama ended up being alive for six months. So, yeah, we got married. It was beautiful. It was perfect. But we could have waited. But it was fine. It was amazing. It was exactly what we needed. But then we spent six months with me going back and forth taking care of my grandmama because I'm her primary care person. So, you didn't
2: even get to, like, enjoy the transition of marriage yeah. into marriage. It's like you guys were dating again.
0: Yeah, but everyone says it's the same. And it kind of is. With yeah, more, but you guys—you didn't, didn't get to really do a honeymoon. You didn't get to. Yeah, but we also have Penny, so that was so you really were a
1: you were going anyways. through two big life transitions: getting married, being a birth worker, having your grandma die, who is like the last in your Just the love of my life and my best friend. and my that only, makes you the matriarch of the family. I am now. the matriarch.
0: Oh god, that's terrifying. That was
1: a big life transition. Yeah.
0: Which we haven't technically processed together yet.
2: No, we haven't really. Had. We haven't done any of that yet. But
0: that's also birth work, right? Like we're always on call. So as much as we all recognize with what I've been through, what you're going through, what you're going through, we all need a big old fire ceremony of some kind honoring transition. And we just haven't been able to prioritize it because we have a podcast and we have a business and we have a birth center that Kim works at so it's just a lot going on and you had like one of the busiest months of your life yeah so that's one of the transitions you went through in your life um, so two I
1: think in the be- two in one yes well, so I think we should talk in the beginning half of this episode about the transitions we're each personally going through and in the second half we can talk about some of the ways that we
2: have worked through, through those transitions.
0: Um, yeah I think the biggest thing for us too is like we literally announced that we wanted to expand and grow as a business and then all of a sudden I wasn't available And so, like, we've had to navigate what that looks like. And it's been really hard for us. Jess
2: and I holding hands and crying.
0: Yeah. And me (laughs) crying a lot because that's what I always do. We didn't
2: cry a single time no we didn't
0: but that's yeah like you just like you get like you think you get this momentum and you go and you go and like then all of a sudden something happens and you can't move forward anymore but like you're not in a business where you can stop like people don't stop having babies like your clients are going to are going to have their babies whenever they have them it doesn't matter if it's the day your grandmama gets put on hospice or it doesn't matter if it's Any other big day that you guys have had in the last year, like it's, it's going to happen. And so you just have to like have community that's going to support you in that, because if not, you're going to miss all the big things that happen in your life. And, and you can also choose, which, you
1: know, we've struggled back and forth with this, choose to frame it in a positive way of like, let's support each other through our life transitions. Even when we know we might not be, be being the best versions of ourselves, Or we can choose to get mired down into the, like, being angry that we can't be there 100% when we're going through these life transitions. And so it's, like, the way the transition is, like, in birth is that transitions are super messy and they're hard. And you need someone there who can be, like, I see that this is hard and I see that this sucks and I see that right now you feel like you'll never get through it, but you will and we'll pull you through and there's going to be better things ahead.
0: Yeah. And it's not just like having people like you guys, but also like the joy of having your own practice is you get to choose who you work with. And I have to say, like, literally all of our clients have been nothing but supportive and all of this. Right. And the people who haven't been supportive chose not to be with us, which is fine yeah. because I was going through a lot of the time and it wasn't enough. And that's totally understandable but I have to say like that's also what I love about our practice is like I was literally texting our clients being like I'm so sorry like this is happening and they're like girl do you like you'll like we're fine like we can create space for that and so that's what I was saying earlier like sometimes you just have to tuck your shit away and not share it but other times if you like let yourself be vulnerable and share about what's going on people are gonna like be really supportive of you and what you're going through and so this is just like a shout out to all of our Linden Tree clients who've like created so much space over the last year for everything that's been going on and how like wonderfully supportive you've been
2: it's gotten to the point like it's like you said like transitions are gonna happen yeah transitions of labor transitions in life i mean everyone is born and then most of us choose to have kids of our own. Most of us get married. Most of us have someone that dies. So it's not about whether or not the transition is going to happen. It's about who you have around you when it does. Yeah. Because you kept apologizing to us. And it's like.
0: Which what? was fair. Like yeah, it, no, was, you, it needed to be is,
2: recognized. Right. And then we're like, you're welcome. But also this is why we have each other. Yeah. You know. And then when my Grammy died, you went and worked at Premiere for a day. And. You had to stay on call for whatever. And it's just, it helps to have people there that will yeah. get you through it. Or who
0: also are just like able to say like, go do it. Like that's what you need to go do right now. Nothing else matters. And that's the priority.
2: It's weird as you get old. As you
0: get older. Tell me more.
2: <laughs> you do have more transitions happening. Like your kids go through things. And then you have more people die because the older people in your family. Are. So I've reached a point where I can't even promise. Even repeat clients that I'll be there, and and I've tried, and so far I've been able to, but it's like I can't. I know in order to make sure that my transitions and my kids' transitions stay sacred to us, I have to not commit to midwifery as much. And I always felt like we did that episode where I felt where we talked about juggling and how hard it is. And right now, midwifery is the ball that I'm kind of dropping. And I, I have yet to miss a birth for someone. Or say no to someone. But I do tell people that it could happen because I don't want to miss something that Chuck needs or something that one of my kids needs. And, and yeah. so what else is there to let go?
1: I think it's interesting what goes into it, too, is like talking about because, like, we always talk about how transition is super, like, physical. But also about how it's super super mental. And so it's interesting. I know for us in our practice, I can't speak for everybody else in their practice but there is a transition that we have to come to where we have to find a way to tamp down guilt. Yeah. Because I know I've been doing this for 15 years. Almost 16 now. Yeah. And I still... It actually might be my 16-year anniversary today. Really? Yeah. My first birth was on June 1st. Oh. Aww. Yeah. Happy 16th
0: anniversary. Um,
1: but after that many years of doing birth work... It's still, like, I feel so much obligation to the clients that choose to hire me that if something comes up in my life, I feel a tremendous amount of guilt if I have to say, oh, my gosh, I have to go do something for myself, and sometimes that causes me to, like... I mean, I'm I'm still learning to pro- process like guilt and how I feel about things. But then it becomes like, how do you? Sometimes it's easier to ignore it than it is to <laughs> tamp it down <laughs>
0: in your deep dark hole that will yes, will, that will emerge later in life. On, at and you some just point. and you just
1: hope the situation will work itself out. And sometimes the situation doesn't work itself mm-hmm. out. Sometimes. Situation total shit show. Blows up in your face. <laughs> blows up in your face like a like nope. a mm-hmm.
0: No just stop. Stop. Nope. Well Bo- I think
1: volcano. Like again. a cicada that just God. landed on All right, your forehead.
0: Alright, take a shot. Is it still there? Take a shot. No, no, it's gone. It's not. I yelled again though. I'm sorry, it wasn't even my face.
1: So why don't we why don't we transition into some of like the transitions you've been through this year, Kim? Because you just had
2: some I mean I really haven't been through a whole lot. Bitch, please. I need you to stop. T- what transitions am I forgetting? Besides my grandmother dying.
0: Yeah, and I also feel like you have stepped back at your busy birth center a lot. And I that's did. been yeah, shit. Shit. But But also the
1: transitions of COVID that. You thought you were going to have... Oh, that's true. You
0: were on the first year of having
2: no kids in your house. You were supposed yeah. to have no
1: kids in your house. Yeah. All of your kids were going to be in school. That was supposed and to
2: be a super exciting transition, and all the homeschool moms were like, Haha. And instead,
1: <laughs> you transitioned into doing harder than normal school and harder than homeschooling and doing freaking, like, virtual schooling. I did do, do
2: that. And I did... So, to me, and this is going to sound so lame, like, compared to other transitions, but truly, like... My hardest transitions were having kids while I was a midwife. Like, that was horrible. No, that's really valid. It was horrible. It was so stressful. Let's be honest. Most partners that are not breastfeeding or chestfeeding cannot handle the baby who, who, who needs that. Yeah. So Chuck tried, but it was so stressful because he'd have the kids... And then i you know, how's it going? And he was certainly not going to hide it. Like, oh, everything's great. He'd be like, oh, my God, he's been crying forever and blah, blah. It was horrible. It was horrible. The first three years after having Brock was so horrible that I feel like all the transitions that are happening now are not, like, Anything. I'll have a freak out and then I'm fine. So, also, I've really been working on myself for the past couple of years. Like, time for myself. Letting go of guilt. Doing things for myself So Now when I go through A transition Like I didn't feel guilty Going and spending Two days in New York And having one hell Of a good time With my mom and Dave I didn't feel bad Doing that Mm -hmm. I asked you for help I did feel bad it oh, means, I was going to say, it, I it that, your guilt
0: definitely seep through.
2: But that yeah, was also,
1: did. you weren't just going there for shits and giggles. You were going there because you all as a family were going through a huge life transition. Right.
2: And so, like, for me, my big transition that I'm working on is simply trying to teach myself that it's okay to say no. It's okay to not work. It's okay to ask you for help. It's okay to ask you for help. Jen is playing with her kids in my yard right now. She can't wave back. I'm waving at her. So it's okay to ask Jen. Jen stayed on call for almost three straight weeks. But I think I, I think never would have done that before.
1: We should say for the record, the big transition you were going through is that your Grammy got put on hospice. And I know yeah. we talked about it a little yes. bit in one of the episodes, but your Grammy got put on hospice. You and, went there and, to see her and could
2: only see her through a window. And I was going to say, well, COVID
0: the, shit all over that too. Like so you COVID, couldn't even see your Grammy. Right. COVID
2: is shitting on everything. So she was supposed to be put on hospice, Right. And they couldn't officially put her on hospice until she had a surgical procedure done. And they failed to transport her on time. So my mom, essentially, we were, like, supposed to be helping her go into hospice and go stay somewhere else where we could be with her. And they just never came to pick her up. So it got everything got pushed back. I didn't get to hug my Grammy one last time. I didn't get to do... Any of the things that we usually do, I didn't get to go sit with her while she died. My mom essentially kidnapped her from New Jersey. Yeah, she did because she went with her to do the procedure, and she went to the guy that was driving the ambulance because my grand my grandma couldn't walk or move around towards the end. And they said, um, she said how much to get her, just take her, take her to my house. We're not going back here. She went to the doctors and we're like sign this form, and because my mom's been taking. And my aunt also, like, they've been taking such good care of her for the last couple of years. They just did what my mom wanted. Signed the paperwork. They stuck her in an ambulance. And she essentially kidnapped her. And into New York they went. Good. So then my mom got to care for her for a week. But it was so hard because I wanted to go take care of my mom while that was happening. So, but my Grammy, we had had such a great, like, I got to see her before she got really sick. And then this time we got to talk to her through the window while she was still able to like drink.
0: And she had like such you know? a cool such a cool ending of her life too. Like her story is so beautiful. Yeah,
2: and it's and it's like I know that I'm looking from the outside. Like was it beautiful? No. My mom and Dave had to do all of her body functions for her. So I'm sure for my mom and Dave that was not beautiful, but for my Grammy having people who loved her be the ones to touch her and take care of her, like I'm so proud of them for what they did. I got a little overclocked. Yeah, I can
0: see it. It's glistening. <laughs>
2: but, like, COVID fucked it all up. So, it just sucked. Because everyone's transition, your wedding transition, birth transitions, death transitions are all getting fucked up. So, I did get a little frustrated with that, but. And,
1: and because you still felt so much guilt of, like, not knowing, can I go be with, the, see my Grammy. You kept trying to, like, one... talk your. That wasn't that you are talking
0: to yourself. Sorry.
1: Like, can I go see my Grammy and touch her one last time? But I just went down to New Jersey and I saw her through a window. Can I take another three days and go to New Jersey right. again and see her while she's alive, right. or is it like too I much for my horrible, mom?
2: Like asking Jen, because Jen just went through, like she just had Nolan this year, so she's going through a transition. So it's like, but learning how to ask other people for help is part of my transition. So I just told her I have to leave. And she was like, "Oh, totally go." And then, you know, if she couldn't do it, I would have just told our boss, like, "Hey, you get, to, you have to do this." You offered to help, so, so honestly, like, I feel really good transitioning into this. Finally, in my forties, space in my life where I'm surrounded by all people, like I have you guys, and I don't feel bad asking for help. So,
0: well, you I, do, you but you do. know that I you're in a safe bad, space do to it. ask. Right? Yeah. I still
2: feel bad, but uh, my Grammy actually forbade any of us to come once she got to the point where she couldn't really move anymore she didn't want us to come anymore so we talked to her we would skype with her <laughs> but it's hard to have that transition and while she was dying my client that we've had three babies and preparing to have our fourth baby together was due any minute and i was just like oh my god what you do I were do? in a total panic like i did not want to miss her birth and i would have if i had to But she, the universe, put her into labor early. I mean, she went before she has ever gone before. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is all working out. And then she was later said, we were, she was so sweet. She's like, you go be with your grandmother, whatever you need to do. We support you. But after she had her baby, she was like, we would have been so upset, like, if you weren't there. But it's hard. Like, I wanted to support her through her transition. I also wanted to support my mom and my Aunt Donna through the transition of losing their mom. Like, that's just so hard and it's hard to do it the whole so my phone went off text from people that had no idea what was going on that I still felt like I needed to answer you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. and then when all this was said and done I went to Seattle Chuck and I had five days in Seattle it was so nice my mom got to come after after dealing with a dying mom she got to come you know, have a chaotic house full of kids. So I'm sure that was helpful for her. It's all about balance. Right. But my phone rang while I was there for a mom who wanted to come into care with us. And I answered it. I always answer my phone if I have it. And and I was so happy to take her call. But also it did come into the back of my mind. Chuck was like, what are you doing? Are you working? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yes, because you can't even like have that that lull from a transition without birth work coming yeah. into it not that i regretted the phone call in any way but it's also like it's just integrated into every single part of our lives yeah every transition we go through there's going to be someone like when you get married in october i was just gonna thinking have to about put your that. damn phone down because you know, know it's gonna ring like
0: yeah i and mean we've we, been really transparent with people about his yeah. wedding party they're having and like I really like we literally just decided this past week that we're going to do it because I was struggling so hard with the idea of being on call when we have moms do. And I like we've been really transparent with people about it and people are still hiring us. So that's their decision. But like, I'm literally sitting here telling you, well, I'm, I'm, I could maybe go to a birth for a couple hours and come back and be fine. Or like, I'm technically supposed to have yes. like a week long honeymoon with Terrence and Penny afterwards. And I'm like, I could go do a birth and come back and it'll be fine. And it's like, this is so dumb. Like we should just, be able to let go, but it's really hard. We're
2: definitely gonna have to make sure we have a lot of backup for that. I mean, I'm available. Have Seventeen in October. Oh my so. gosh.
0: <laughs> we personally
2: don't. Yeah. No. But, but does. So we're, but, gonna, we're gonna have to talk about. We this. did yeah.
1: prove last month that we have a community who's willing to rally around us yes. and help us when we need it. Yes. But it's time for us to go to break. Um, and we're gonna go sit in the sun for a little bit, and we will be back, and we'll talk a little bit more about transitions.
2: Yes,
0: we... yoo yeah. Cue
1: the music. Oh, yeah. So our sponsor for today's episode is once again Our Teespring Shop. Do you love cute shirts with birthy sayings on them? Do you love our logo? Would you love to have a mug or a bag with our logo on it? Well, if you like any of those things, then our Teespring shop is the place for you. Um, We will put a link to it in our posts on social media, um, but it's the Wine About Birth Teespring. So check out our Teespring shop and um, enjoy the rest of the podcast. Cheers.
0: Welcome back from that delightful break. Instead of sitting in the sun, we decided to kick ass and get back in gear.
2: Because once I get in the sun, I'm not going to want to get out of the sun. I Just know. Dive That's why right I said let's in. not do that. <laughs> oh, proof that Chuck. You did not Oh, say like, like a, a, muff. a muff. No, here's. Like a power muff.
1: <laughs> like a muff. Good job, guys. That was really, really. Really half, timely. That was really half muffed. There was like <laughs> I tried. It was like a single, It was not a
0: power muff. It was like a half power. It was like muff. a
1: single labia involved in that, like a muff. It was a muffin. You know what a labia,
2: a single labia is powerful. It was a muffin transition. Not quite there yet. <laughs> no, working on it though.
1: So we said we were going to talk a little bit more about transitions, and so I don't want to talk in like a whole lot of detail about my transitions, even though we've talked about yours. But I do feel safe to say that. Um, I am going through a huge life transition, and it's been really crappy. Mm -hmm.
0: So stressful. So steady.
1: And I've also, like, really been trying to navigate birth work and the future and putting my family and my kids first along with that life transition.
2: Which you do a very good job of doing. I don't
1: know. Not all the time. Sometimes I freak out and things go wrong. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been very interesting just like, and it's something a lot of birth workers go through just like when the shit hits the fan and you have to be all there for your clients, but also,
0: you know, that's when your family needs you the most
1: and not even just your family. You also know that there's certain points in time where you just need to be like a pile of dung of a human. It's like true. sometimes yeah, we need to do that. Like yeah. this weekend I did that. I literally didn't shower for 4 days. <laughs> I walked into my sister's house on Monday morning and she goes, "Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: you need to shower or Something. Don't tell me what to do. And
0: I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> you need to treat yourself. I know. Yeah. self-care.
1: I'm disgusting. I know. I don't even feel offended. I'm disgusting right now.
0: And but that's you just, okay. You
1: just needed that weekend of just, yeah, stewing in your own... I was body just fluids. rolling in my own bullshit. I'm like, just realizing
0: that, like, we don't really give ours. Maybe a lot of people don't give them, themselves permission to do that, but I feel like when you're on call all the time, you just don't get to give yourselves permission to do that. You don't, because no. even if you're in a
1: period of time when you're literally stewing in crap and you feel like you just want to hate the world and you want, you just want to not be a productive part of society...
0: At just some wanna, point I just want to read books That's all I want to yeah, do Yeah
1: And I did that this weekend well. I read books in the rain But like at, at Sometimes When you're in the middle of that You still have someone Who calls you And you need to show up And still be fully present mm-hmm. For their stuff Which
2: It's hard To do that. Yes.
0: And not just be fully present, but like not bring your shit into it either because like birth is very energetic. And so you have to just like let it be what it is without you bringing stuff into it. You
2: have to turn it off. And not only being a birth worker, but you are a mom. Yeah. So you can't, you cannot, when we lived in Florida and we were going through that, what I call the fucking shit part of our marriage, um, I will say right now he had the ability to walk away from life in general whenever he felt like it like tapping out today i'm going to work or i'm tapping out i'm going whatever and he could just leave yeah and i'm not saying all men have that capability but oftentimes when a couple is going through something we as women will step it up and be like i'm going to make this up to my kids and i'm going to just do anything they need all the time so when you're a birth worker and you're trying to be there for your kids like you can't do that. Like yeah. you can not shower for four days, but you can't just disappear unless you go out of your way to make sure there is someone there. Is your mom going to have the girls? Are You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it's not just birth work, but you're like a mother and a birth worker. Um, it's just it's like doubly hard to, yeah. to do any sort of transition in that
1: way. So, fortunately, I was not on call this weekend, or else I really don't know what a- would have happened.
2: But. You would have showered and gone yeah, to Yeah, you would have figured it out. I would have pulled on it. my
1: big girl granny panties and done what I had <laughs> to do. But. Um, we prefer
0: period panties.
1: <laughs> yeah, but then, like, so. But. I, I literally, like, felt like I was just rolling around in my own crap all weekends, And I still showed up for the kids. Like, we had last day of school parties and went to the pool and did all the stuff. But then, like, I was, you know, sometimes you're just still not feeling it. And you know you're being short with your kids. And you know you're not 100% yes. there. And you know as a mom that you're missing out on the magic of their moments, which makes you feel more guilty. But then yesterday, me and Meredith went, we decided to take a very, very short kayak ride, and we both kind of waffled back and forth. Oh, yeah. I did not think we were actually
0: going to go, honestly. Yeah,
1: because it seemed like it was going to be, like, a lot of work for not a lot of
0: return or whatever. Yeah. But we ended up doing it. And, um... We like, we literally didn't... Yeah, <laughs> I didn't leave my house until, like, 4.30 to yeah. go float, which I've never done before.
1: <laughs> and so... <laughs> so late to go floating. Floating. But as soon as we got onto the river, and you were going through some crap at the time, too, like, Mm -hmm. as soon as we got there. As soon as we got on the river, and we were just there for each other, and, like, talking, and the honeysuckle smelled amazing. The second
0: Jess pulled a hard-boiled egg out of her bra in a Ziploc bag, I knew that I was going to be okay. (laughs)
1: Listen, hard-boiled eggs are my go-to snack, especially when I'm kayaking. The best
0: part? sometimes you
1: have to keep them in a little baggie inside of your boobs.
0: My favorite part about it was she didn't preface it at all. We're just talking, and all of a sudden, she's pulling a fucking egg out of her bra, and I was like... I'm not surprised because all we eat are eggs, but also like at least like some sure. acknowledgement of the fact that you're pulling a fucking egg out of your bra. And why
2: did you keep it? Because your boobies are Also, so i like to acknowledge that she didn't put
0: her phone in a plastic bag, but she put her egg in a plastic <laughs> bag. <laughs> well, you
2: can't really nuzzle a hard-boiled peeled <laughs> egg into your boob. The I'm hard-boiled
1: egg. fit right there. So I had my phone in my bra and the egg was nestled in between my breasts behind the phone. It had its own little home in there.
0: It was was,
2: and then you ate it so cozy and
1: then I ate it and I got a shot of protein but I cannot say enough how even though at that moment because like Meredith was painting her house shit was going on in her personal life things were going on in my personal life I was feeling weird about things we took what an hour and a half out for ourselves to go float down the river
0: yeah, I literally and, kept like going slower than her so she'd slow down. I was like, yeah. I'm going to backpedal so she has to come back to me because I don't want this to stop.
1: And I <gasps> swear it totally reset all of my like yeah, negativity that I felt like I was being sucked into like a whirlpool.
0: And I feel great today. Mm -hmm. See,
2: an hour and a half. And we try to talk women into doing it. I
0: know. We don't even do it for ourselves most of the time. We almost didn't go.
2: I'm so glad we did. Chuck Chuck also has huge amounts of guilt with stupid stuff. And Mm -hmm. I said, oh, they're kayaking. And he was like, whoa well, why didn't you say you wanted to go kayaking? Why didn't you say you wanted to go kayaking? And I was like, I wasn't even invited. And you he goes, were invited. He goes, that's bullshit. And I was like, they don't ask me to do things because they know I will say no.
0: That's not true. I would like to clarify, you're always invited. That's true. But I do assume you're you going to say. You were invited. You're the, you're the one who sent the text message about how you're never having fun without your kids this summer because you're yes. feeling guilty, so you yes. always have to have your kids with you. Correct. You
1: were totally invited, and we've been group texting for at least three my, days my about how points. we are going to go kayaking. My point was
2: I don't take that time for myself. Yes. Because I should but I don't. And so basically
1: you could have gone kayaking with us yesterday <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> so but when it's like it comes to talking about transitions and about how we don't take time for ourselves and how we feel guilty about taking time for ourselves because like Obviously, you were invited to every single part of I our know. kayaking. It is actually
0: really valid. We literally do all of our planning in a group text message, which I implies know. that every single person in the I text know. message Obviously is invited. Obviously, all
1: day, you were like, we're doing this, then we're doing that, then we're doing this, then we're doing, this, then we're doing that, then we're doing this, then we're doing that, then we're doing this, then we're and doing that. And, 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 and I can't go
0: without my children because I'll feel so guilty, so yes. we have to all and come then, along and, and we don't then, have seven kayaks. And then you texted
1: us, and we're like, we're going to be having a beer at the Legion. And I was like, oh, we're just about to drop into the water. And you're like, and okay, that sounds fun. And then, we're like, and then we're like, stay for one more beer. You're and you're like, no, like, no, I'm leaving. We're like, we just finished floating. We're going for a beer. And you're like, negatory, good <laughs> I'm buddy. Negatory. right now. <laughs> so you were totally invited. You are well, 100% invited onto everything that ever
2: happens we, ever in our lives. I know. We would have stayed for a beer with you guys. But in that moment, Max had called, and there was an ex- like explosive activity at home that was ridiculous. It sounds yeah. like
0: they needed more time to sort that out for themselves. Yes. <laughs> so
2: I was like, okay, we have to go home now because it's the yeah. opposite out. of what I just said. So anyway, it no, talks about transitions
1: and guilt. Yeah. So I feel like guilt is a double-edged coin because you feel guilty. <laughs> Sword. Sword. Sword? Sword. I've never... Two-faced coin? Coins never have sh- two edges. I don't know. <laughs> So, anyway. It's a good try. We got what you were saying. Yeah. But, like, when we need to do something, we feel so guilty. But then there also comes a point in time where when someone else needs to do something, and we're like, we got you. But then every once in a while. The shit is
2: Hit the fan. The universe just shits on your face. Yeah. With your mouth open and everything. Yeah. 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 It's and like it makes shred. you realize that you just always hope that that's not
0: going to happen. And then it And does, then sometimes and then
1: it, does. it does. And at those points in times when it's coming at you from all angles, personal, friendship, professional, fun, professional, that's when things get the hardest. And that's when I drop everything and run away. <laughs>
0: it's like, ah, and that's when ah, Meredith blasts ah. you and drags you in her body. Is like, we're talking about this. Yeah, yeah.
2: No. But I I know what you're getting to. I know you're going to talk about when it all came together and then the three of us were in like this perpetual argument. But I will say... We got into the biggest argument of our entire friendship. We Mm -hmm. did, and it was a threesome argument. But this is what happens when people allow things to build and they don't take time for themselves and they don't allow transitions to happen. And then you and I both were just like... Pocket. And we both peaced ah. out at the same time. And Meredith was just left alone holding on a little b- hill of midwifery all by herself. Bag. But but we- it also goes to show that,
1: like, it can go two ways. Like, usually we're all fine being like, you do you, you do you. But sometimes all the things collide despite everyone's best intentions. And then, like, then blame can happen or, like, just being angry at each other can happen. And so I want to say we haven't had many arguments in our friendship. Like
0: as a three, we haven't. I tend we've... to piss off Kim a lot, though.
1: I mean, we we've, we've navigated not really. it. We've joked around a lot that we don't understand how our threesome of a
2: friendship works right. so well. For the record, but... you don't make me mad. You, I, you make me. What's the word? I, I'm, like, I over, I'm very I'm very
0: sensitive, and yes. so my feelings get hurt, and then you feel guilty, and yeah. then we have to talk about it.
2: And I feel flustered because I'm like, I did it again. I made her cry. Oops, <laughs> I did it again. again. That's the story of my life. And then
1: Meredith's like, I'm sensitive, and I'd like, but to my stay feelings this way. are valid.
0: But I recognize that you're safe, and we can talk about it more. So Jet,
2: so we all did what we usually do. You got really. My feelings got hurt. Yes, really, really sensitive and feeling like it was all a personal affront to you. You shut down and was like, if I just ignore this with my eyes closed, I'll never have to talk about it and I'll never be confronted. I'll just pretend it didn't happen.
1: Yeah. And then I just
2: got angry. I'm like, what the fuck, you stupid cunts? We're going to. What the fuck? Why is everybody? And so we're all just doing our thing and running in circles. And in our defense. It started
0: when I wasn't even in town, so it's not even like we could like find each other to figure it out. And then we had a crazy couple weeks, and so we couldn't even prioritize it. So you weren't in town, then I
1: wasn't in town, then Kim wasn't in, and town. then we had to like
0: record the podcast, so we didn't have time to talk about interpersonal conflicts. So we had to focus on like our professional Which lives. Jess and I are
2: fine with like you, I, we could have just had a knockdown drag out of our lives, and I'll be like, oh podcast time, put it aside, and Meredith <laughs> just sits there with like the grumpets look. I did Episode. I'm gonna do this, but I don't like no, it. No, no,
1: no. So Haley was listening to the episode. <laughs> oh, and dude, was it obvious? I hadn't told Haley about all the background of what was happening <laughs> that day
0: because the day we wait, had what the, episode was it?
1: Um, it was. I can't remember right off the top of my head right now, but
2: it, it was, was the birth, like the birth week. Yes, we just talked. It about. was our oh, month, the birth It was Megan. our month of
1: births. So, Haley listened to it, and I hadn't told her all the background of the crap, because that was the day, the culmination of all the crap, and we also had to yeah, record a, a lot podcast going on. before we all went out of town. And Kim's grandma had just died. I had found out I had to go out of town. Meredith was left... Oh, to- yeah. Meredith was left holding the bag for, like, a birth for Linden Tree. I was finding backup for a personal client. Like... It was like a whirlwind of activity and we were all feeling
2: guilty. We all just inadvertently fell into Meredith's lap. We were <laughs> all feeling
1: angry. That's fine. We were all feeling like a lot of things. And so Haley later tells me, she's like, I listened to that episode, it was really good, but you sound tired. Something's uh,
0: wrong. Yeah. <laughs> You were also I mean, like literally while we were recording the episode, we were figuring shit out. So I mean like we were yeah. also probably I was very distracted. My mom, like
2: waiting for her to say come yeah. now you know. You yeah. you so, were texting your
0: mom about your Grammy. You we were both like texting clients and friends trying to find backup. And it was just mad.
2: Jesse helped you, so we were also talking and Jesse Jessie was
1: helping me and I was admired in a shit storm of guilt and you were admired in a shitstorm of guilt. As I, I, just
2: live in a shitstorm of guilt. So
1: anyway, like I found it interesting because when it comes to transitions, like your friend group is the person that you turn to to help through transitions. But so then I, if you accidentally shoot our, on your friend, but our lives are really no.
0: intertwined and knotted. I when I was at I saw I, when I was out of town at my friend's house when all this like had started kind of happening and I was on the phone with you guys figuring it out. And she was like, holy shit, are y'all's lives separated
2: at all? No. And I was like, nope. no.
0: No. No. There's absolutely no separation whatsoever. Completely
2: intertwined. Chuck has asked that question so many times. For example, the hilarious story I told you this morning. Yes. And he was like, do you have to tell them everything? And I was like, yeah. yes, I do. Yeah. And he's asked me, could you not? No, I can't.
0: I think Terrence <laughs> also knows.
2: That's he's just impossible. Accepted. I'm sorry. This yeah. is who I am. And, and yeah. this is. It's just, it, whatever. But one of your friends said, how does that work? Do you, you work no, together? Was one of her friends. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was one of Meredith's friends. Mm-hmm. You, know, work you to- said the same thing. I was
1: telling you the thing. People story. probably oh. ask that all the time. Just like, not to so our faces. you work together, and your best friend's... And, and how you do does a pod- that? And do you're each and other. You do a podcast, yeah. and you seem really close. How does that all work? And the answer is, is that we don't actually know how it ever. No. We don't.
2: We don't question it. We just let we it happen. All, I think we all have shutdown weeks. Like I'll go into hermit mode where I don't yeah. see you yeah. guys for like five straight days you'll go hang out with like Christina or you'll do like, you'll see yep. Ryan or whatever. Like you'll go flock to your other yep. friends and then you'll I'll focus
0: d- on home. Yeah. you do homework
2: or like Penny and Terrence. But so we've we do al- all do but that. But we've
1: also come to understand when each person is going through that. So like sometimes Kim sends really cunty texts. <laughs> yep. You
0: are really good at that. And <laughs> like, good at it.
1: And, like <laughs> Meredith usually texts me and is like, what the F was up with that text? And I'll be like, Kid's panicking right now. Yeah, but I have to say, yeah. I've, lear- I've learned, I've learned though.
0: So I no longer feel like yeah. I have to text you I'm like, oh, she's just panicking.
1: Every once in a while, oh. you still do. it will be like, she's panicking right now. She's being a dick. She's going to be over <laughs> in like 12 and hours. And then there's also a
0: text going on when I'm being, a- when I'm being emotionally sensitive that they're also being like, what the fuck is up with yeah, me right no, now? that totally
1: happens too. <laughs> yeah. So Usually? that happens. Honestly. <laughs> that happened during our thing where I was like. Meredith just sent us another passive-aggressive text. I don't understand what to do. I thought I was being very
0: aggressive. I was trying very hard to be aggressive. (laughs) It was
1: aggressive for you, just (laughs) passive-aggressive for most. And so Kim goes, just
0: remember... She's emotional, and that's
1: why we love her. <laughs> that's why
2: she's so. And amazing. I have to say,
0: that's how this threesome usually works. But recently, I feel like we've also been. sending texts be like she's just going through something right now. She just it's needs fine. to escape. It's okay. She just needs so, acceptance. And I it's know fine. you guys do it about me too. Like, it's Jess, you, is like Jess is, is new just like Jess is just MIA. Normally, you're our sweet sweet nine, though. We don't have to worry Je- about Jess is
1: MIA. Oh, she's
2: <laughs> freaking out. It's fine. And I have
0: to say, this normally doesn't end up going well. No. This weird
2: threesome. <laughs> but it actually, I think, is actually really positive my favorite behind the scenes text that i get is we'll be talking and then like i'll say something (laughs) cunty you'll say something emotional and then i'll get a text just from jessica's "Uh (laughs) (laughs) uh-oh and then i'm like it's all gonna work itself out it's okay and then when, and then when you were mad at her, and I already told you this, but the listeners will like it. <laughs> Jess was panicking. She was like, "Oh God, what did I do? What? What?" And I said, "Oh hell no! I just sat and had a three-hour <laughs> conversation with Meredith, and if you think I'm giving you any sort of warning about what you're about to go through, <laughs> but, you are out of your mind." But she also discouraged me from
0: doing it. I was like, "No, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening." <laughs>
2: And so, but we and all was like, I'm legit panicking right now. <laughs> I think the difference between our relationship and most like marriages, let's say, is that yeah. instead of going. Is that there's no sex I, involved. There's no sex involved, first off. Which <laughs> sex ruins everything. It so ruins I think everything. that's our biggest thing. But also <laughs> like, and it's not just, it's just any relationship. We have found this amazing way to look at each other. And I'll be like, oh, God, Meredith's crying again. But you know what? If she didn't cry all the time, she wouldn't give such a good care. She wouldn't come to our house and watch her. Like, she wouldn't be who she is. So we're able to Mm -hmm. see the things that would be like, oh, she's doing it again. Yeah. But also, those are the reasons we love each other so much. Yeah. Yeah. And now I also use you with Chuck now. I'll be like, oh, I said this and she's crying. And now Chuck's always like... I'm sorry you have two such emotional people in your life. Yeah. And I'm like, it's okay, I love you. If you weren't so emotional, you and wouldn't be who you
1: are. And you guys are like, uh, oh, Jess is panicking. She just booked another plane ticket for a foreign and country And It's fine. Again. We just need more backup. She's it's fine. She's yeah. going, she's <laughs> going to Key West I'm, again. I'm actually pissed off, but we're going to make it work. Yeah. Even though she is definitely having
0: a crisis. Kim's actually probably the easiest, because all we need to do is just give you some time, and then you're going <laughs> to...
2: I just have to send <laughs> cal-
0: my Conti text. You'll calm down. And then I know fine.
2: <laughs> my panics last like no time and then I'm yeah. fine so anyway
1: we had the biggest like uh, confrontation of our friendship and that is kind of the way it went even though we didn't tell any details or over the last month but of our podcast while we were in it it felt it was super... a very long
2: altercation yes, well it
1: was because we were all so ending.
0: busy we never well, got to prioritize and it. while we
1: were in it it felt really he- heavy and really big and then one day, because um, Kim had already had her thing with Meredith, I had not yet. And I went to Meredith's house. Well, let's just
0: clarify. If it had, like, if we had done it y'all's way, we never would have talked about yeah, we it. Never we never would have talked about it. just it down. I didn't mean yep. that in a
1: blamey way. No, no. I just, no, it's just like, right and hole. it might have been yeah. fine.
0: But it
2: also might have come deep, up like six years from now. Into the deep, dark <laughs> abyss of the hole. Remember that time you guys abandoned me? God damn it. Yeah, I do remember that. <laughs> yep.
1: Um... Actually, I don't now because we, we forget things like that. No, um, but Camp so then down. So I was like super worried. I was super worried because I, I really thought Meredith was like mad at me. And I go to her house one day and for the record, I had been day drinking. I
0: also continue to give her alcohol as we had to yeah. talk. Yeah. <laughs>
1: And we sat out on the porch, and she brought it up in such a loving way. Like, she I'm really goes, good at that. She, But I always know when it's about to happen, and she's like,
0: So I'd so like to check in.
1: I'd like to check in, <laughs> and I know this might not be Those the way. I know this might not be the best time to do that, but I feel it's important. So anyway, let's talk recognize about recognize we haven't feelings. gotten to
0: do this for weeks now, and it needs to happen, because I feel like it's getting built up bigger than it is. Like a de <laughs> No, it that
1: big. And then we had the, one. we had one of probably the best conversations of our lives. Yeah. And it was fine. It was and great. We got See what happens when you table? talk about things, Jess?
0: See what happens I when you talk about your feelings with people who are capable of talking about their Only feelings in a healthy way. It's healthy people yeah.
1: who actually love each other and can process yeah. emotions in a healthy way. But yeah. And and we left that conversation being like, "Ah, we're
2: all stronger and better and And loving." I want to reiterate that this whole thing happened because every one of us was in a transition, and the people that we typically rely on weren't weren't able to be present to help because we were all going through something, and so the shittest hittest. The the and
0: I think the like one of the there's a million takeaways. So one of them is like give the people around you grace because like just because Meredith life is happening doesn't mean that it doesn't mean they don't love you. It just means that shit happens sometimes. And we also And have yes. a fucking plan because yeah. when you don't it really is not no, gonna My go grandma well absolutely you. died
2: because she doesn't love you. She was like, I'm I'm gonna I'm letting go right Checking now. Checking out Meredith because see of Meredith you next Tuesday.
1: Grammy Peace out, Code Skip. Um but, we also found, through this whole thing, that we do have a community that's willing to rally behind us. Yes. And most of the things that happened that week worked out. I'm not going to say all the things, yes. but we're going to tell our birth story of the week, which is... Way. so when a- Meredith
0: went to a birth go with go a, a new birth assistant, so and it went gloriously. Of course,
1: because me and Kim, during this whole thing, where all of us were not emotionally or physically available... Um, we were like, this lady's not going to have her baby. You don't even have to worry about I'd it. Even though I've been telling you guys
0: you've been having pajama be- for two weeks Mare leading Mare up to that being point.
1: dramatic. <laughs> There's no way she's going to have her baby in the three days we're both gone at the same time. So, but like, uh, spoiler alert, she did have her baby in the three days that we were gone. But we were able... It was the one day
0: that you... It was the day before you got back. Yeah. So it was, like, the one day of yeah. all yes. of it that, yeah. like, no one was exactly. available.
1: Exactly. So it literally was the week where everything happened in a way that we were like, "It always works out." No, this weekend it did not work out. But, um, but we also found that we had a community behind us who is willing to rally and help us. Yeah, and I
0: think it was just that, us. I think it was an yes. eye opener for us that like even though we fulfill a lot of each other's needs and like we're really great. Like we, you can't put all of your eggs in on one basket like that, and you no. have to like be open to having other people in your community. I'm open to having other eggs in my basket. And your bra? Your yes. bra basket? Yeah, my bra basket. <laughs> Sorry, I did it again. Take a shot.
2: Her <laughs> any basket at this point? Any basket at all?
1: <laughs> okay, so let's okay. Tell, let's do our birth
0: story of the all right. week. So Kim and Jess were gone, and we were gone. And we got that. We, we all just frantically pieced together some backup call for me, and what? Of course, it was a birth that was like over an hour away, like super oh, and far also away. Also, the
1: person that we pieced together as a backup for you as a birth assistant was also a backup for me as a doula. Right, because our weird three triune of our uh, weird birth community all collided at one time.
0: Yeah, it was gnarly. So. Yeah. Yeah, she was a backup doula for you. And then I had reached out to somebody else. Grace was magically available because she's a fairy and I love her so much. But she was an hour and 45 minutes away from this client. And the client's last labor lasted six hours. Oh. So I just, that was not going to go well. So, and they, anyway, so I get a call from this mom at one in the morning that she's having contractions. And our initial plan was the second she had the contraction, I'm going, because it was so fast for her first. Yeah. But she calls me, and she's like, I'm fine, everything's fine, I'm just giving you a heads up, and I was like, okay, well, like, as things get closer, just let me know, because she'd been having padromal for weeks at this point.
1: I want to stop you and say that while me and Kim were both gone at this time, you gave us zero heads up that this client was in
0: labor until
1: after she had already had the baby. I did do that. Yeah. All right, keep going.
0: I'm notoriously... One of my strengths and my weaknesses is, is that when I'm in something, I'm completely in that. And I'm yeah. not thinking about things outside of it. Yeah. Um, but, so... Um, Sorry, I was wondering if that was going to come up. <laughs> so... <laughs> so... Um, but anyway, she was fine. So, I don't go until, like, 6 in the morning, which is magical because I got to sleep a little bit. So, I get there... And I get in, and she's, like, in this... She lives in a mansion in Lurie. I've never seen anything like it. It's, like, a 1920s Great Gatsby gorgeous mansion. And this is, like, Uh, a family of three. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's massive. Um, I hear he's
2: uncircumcised. I've heard that as well. (laughs) Hence part of the (laughs) fantasy.
0: So I walk in, and, like, it's one of those situations where you can't really tell what's going on with her. Like, you have no idea based on her actions. And so she was like, will you check me? I was like, "Mm, I don't normally like to check people when I first get there. I feel like it messes up their flow. And she was like, no, really, I'd feel better knowing because I'd like to have this baby by noon. It's like 8 (laughs) a.m. And I was like, I don't think that's happening, but let's see. So I go to check her. And one of the things I really respect about Kim as a midwife is her fingers are shorter than me, but she always finds the cervix. And I don't. It's a gift. I could not, like, this woman's clearly, like, hopefully in active labor, and I couldn't find her cervix at all. It was, like, so far behind the baby's head that I couldn't find it. So, I, sometimes you, like, not lie, but you, like, don't exactly tell your clients exactly what you're feeling. You kind of, like, gloss it over a little bit. But I told her, I was like, I don't know where you're at. I can't find it because your baby's so low. And so, at this point, I feel terrible because Jessie was my... Savior and came to this birth with me. It was her first time I didn't realize it was her first time birth assisting without like shadowing somebody else. So it was just uh. me and her and I didn't realize that. And so she was but she just like walked in, was so confident and like even like showed me things I hadn't learned before. Like she taught me how to shake apples in a different way that I'd never done before. And I really respect that because like it would be really hard to walk into a space like that and like just take not take over Uh, but like
2: if all people would just continue to learn from everyone we would all always be learning yeah instead of just focusing on what you already know and being unwilling to learn something else yeah
0: and I had to learn that's in the hard way I didn't do that very well when I was a student with you and it backfired so like now I'm really good at learning from people um but anyways so we have no idea what's going on and it got progressively harder to know because this family had one of the most like intense and intimate birth spaces I've ever witnessed like it it was a beautiful sunny day outside like and she did go for a walk but like other than that she refused to leave the room she was in so it was dark and smoky and hot and just like very heavy but it was obviously working for her because she was in such a strong primal place that she couldn't even talk to me and then like I know we talked about that in our last episode yeah but I've never had anybody be unresponsive to the oh, point where, yeah. like, she wouldn't let, like, it's not that she wouldn't let me into the birth room, but whenever I, like, went to go do something, dad was like, I've got it, I'll let her know, or I can do it, to the point where, like, I wasn't even going in the birth room. and, like, I'm generally okay with that, but especially, like, not knowing what was going on, that was really hard, and she wouldn't talk to me about what was going on, because she couldn't. She couldn't. Right. Yeah. It wasn't like an active, like, not dis- She was like, like not I'm disclosing. Make my midwife uncomfortable she, from later on out.
1: Some people just can't. They can't vocalize anything that they're thinking at that moment.
0: Yeah. So it was really cool. I feel like I learned a lot from this birth because I generally feel really comfortable just letting clients do their thing, but it was like the ultimate test because I didn't know what was going on and she wasn't communicating and they were literally doing everything minus us listening to heart tones. So I felt terrible because poor Jessie thought this was going to be a quick and easy birth. She was going to, like, take her kids to the zoo. I was going to have her there for maybe an hour. After she had been with uh, the client, she was backing up with me for, for,
2: like, a really long time. Right. She did get a night of sleep, but that was it.
0: Yeah. And ended up
2: for how long in the end?
0: We were there all day. (laughs) We got there at 8 a.m., and she didn't have the baby until, like, 4 that afternoon. And thankfully, she was in a beautiful mansion, so we had fun with it. But, um, and obviously spending time with Jesse was really great, but yeah. And so it was just really interesting. And so I thought the mom was in transition, but I wasn't sure. Cause she, I, she even, I asked her if I could check her. Cause at this point it was like three o'clock and I hadn't checked her since the morning. And I was like, can I just tell what's going on? I have no idea. You're doing so well. I don't know what's going on. And she wouldn't even answer. And so, like, there was no, like, I, didn't, I had no way to gauge what was happening. And so we left the room for the last time. And I was finally, like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to go in there and just, like, how, say I need to really understand what's going on. Because as your provider, I don't feel comfortable not offering advice about what to not. Because she was getting so tired, right? We were, like, at that point where she was past yep. the point.
2: Something needed to happen. Something Precipice. needed to shift.
0: Yeah. And so we leave the room for the last time. I was, like, we're going in there. We're going to figure out what's going on. And we're going to make suggestions, whether it means sleep or active or what. And then... I went to the bathroom and I hear Jesse go, Meredith. And then I walk out of the bathroom and the dad was calling me on the phone because it's such a big house. I wouldn't have heard him yell. That's
2: ridiculous. Yeah.
0: And she, I, we walk in the room and she's back in the tub and the baby's like almost crowned. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. This is actually the first time I've heard the story. Yeah. Yeah. So it was wild. Like, I mean, I went from like not even really being sure where she was at in labor to hopefully being in transition, but not really sure to to baby. baby. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was all my closest call birth I've ever had. Like the baby head came halfway out in the call and then once the had fully delivered, it burst. Okay. Um,
2: you haven't had a call, baby?
0: No. Oh, Not dear. me personally. I've watched one, but as like a That's midwife. That's crazy
2: considering you're so hands off. <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah. So anyways, it was beautiful. And it was just like such a great reminder of me to trust birth because like yeah. I literally had no idea. What was going on most of the time, and I mean, I had a, I hope I had hopes, but like I had no gauge of knowing, and the parents did almost all of it on their own, and it was glorious.
1: And, and I was it was hard.
0: Amazing. She had a the baby rotated posterior at the end, and so she had like a nine six posterior baby. That's
2: Crazy! That's so insane. I was also
1: happy that you had someone that you were happy with as an assistant at the birth because I was so worried of you being upset that neither me nor Kim was there. So the fact that yeah. the community that rallied around us worked out and She was awesome. You she had did back such a up, good job. It made me feel good about the fact that sometimes shit shows happen and yeah. some, and then sometimes they work out. And it relieved don't.
2: a little bit of your guilt, is that what you're saying? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm and still it,
1: working through my guilt right now through this podcast, so yes. <laughs>
2: no
0: it was so amazing like it wasn't even necessarily super straightforward like even though we weren't in the room a lot it wasn't straightforward even the postpartum wasn't super straightforward and Jessie like stepped up and she did absolutely amazing and i feel like she helped me realize that i have so much to learn but also like i'm so excited to teach like i never i'm getting to the point where i could start taking a student and i never really felt excited about that but she helped me realize that it could be really awesome so
2: I love teaching.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's time to end out this episode. But I guess really what we have to say about this is that life transitions are real. And all of us are going through transitions all the time. Some bigger than others. And number one, it helps us to have community who can rally behind us when we're at our worst and when we're at our best. Yeah. And sometimes... When we go through the hardest parts of our lives, we realize that we have so much more support than we ever thought was possible. Mm-hmm. And that, um,
2: I don't know. I al- also learned that the three of us can't be the only ones to support each other. No, <laughs> no, we have to let other people in. Um, and we
0: talk about our village all the time, but I think sometimes we lose sight of that. And this was like a really great reminder of that. Yeah, yeah.
2: like There are more people in our village than we yeah. realize. Mm-hmm. So even though it created like a
1: lot of conflict that we thought for us it also reminded us that there's so many people out there that you can rely on and that you can make your circle
0: bigger and rely on other people and also like as birth workers recognize that you're on almost all the time so like you have to create space for the transition that people are going through in life and even though it might not be convenient to you and it can create conflict, it's really important to support each other in transition because those are the moments in life that really can make or break you or and help like, us shape. Grow. How yeah, shape your whole life.
1: And when you're there through someone who's going through a big transition, even when they're not being their best version of themselves, when they get through their transition, they will repay you in kind when you go through any of your hard parts in life so I guess it just goes back to our saying that we have that is like be the village like be the mother effing village
2: be the effing village be the fucking village (laughs) even
1: when it's hard be the village and the only other thing we have to say to that is Cheers.
0: Cheers. cheers well that felt cathartic